The Ponch Stevenson Show. PonchStevenson.com. Episode 307. Sunday, November 29th, 2020. <clears throat> Another He Man? They're making a new He Man! Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mark Hamill is Skeletor. No. In yeah. real life? Like like a like a motion picture? No, no. It's some it's I think it's on Netflix. It's some like animated or CGI I know, animated I'm, I'm thing. Kidding. You know? okay. Could you like, I think actually I think I think Alan Oppenheimer is in the is in the show. I think he plays Merman, for instance. Oh, okay. He's uh yeah, he's still alright. he's still he's still working too. It's that's impressive. <laughs> that is impressive, actually. Yes. Um, I saw a clip on YouTube. It was Frank Welker and Peter Cullen. Yes. And they were speaking about Transformer voice. Wait, did you send this to me? Or somehow somehow I came oh. across it. And um, they were saying that there's a show on Netflix. Yes. Where, or, uh, no, it was the Bumblebee movie. Right. Where Peter Cullen was saying <clears throat> he was like you know, I'm a I'm 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 a first of all, his speaking voice is surprisingly high pitched. He's like, Yeah, you know, I'm 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 a union guy and they didn't want to pay me for all those my union rate for all those days, so they brought in some other guy and ah. he did the voice he did the voice of Optimus Prime the all the weeks of shooting. And then right. they brought me in at the end for one day so they could save money, and, and I had to redo the lines that the other guy did. <laughs> except he did them all right. wrong. His timing was all wrong, and his, his, his <laughs> emphasis was all wrong. But they already animated the, the, the Optimus Prime based on right. the wrong guy's stuff. So I had to <laughs> imitate a guy who was trying to imitate me. Yeah. He was complaining. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, and then and then I saw another YouTube video where again it was. Uh, well, let me just well, hold on. Let me just say, yeah. having met most of those people, and you've met them as well. Um, most of those those guys who are the voice actors now, most of them have like I don't want to say high pitched, but most of them have like you know higher voices. I mean, they they most of the characters they do are like high pitched. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Michael well, Bell and Frank Welker. I mean, they all have like that kind of a higher octave, do you, except for like Arthur Burghardt, you know, or or Michael McConaughey, McConaughey. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, he remember he had a low that. voice too. But but do you remember uh, when, yes. when we interviewed Michael Bell? Right, speaking of the the higher pitched voice, Michael Bell, yeah, who was awesome. By that interview was fantastic. Yeah, but, uh, which is on YouTube and and also PornStevenson.com. Yeah. When we were speaking with him, one of the things he pointed out was because he has that bit more higher pitched voice when he was in the right. 1980s, when he was recording Voltron, he'd be like, oh, yeah. we, uh, a monster's coming. We need a, a girl in the background to scream in <laughs> fear. And like, Michael, you you be the girl. Yeah. Remember that? He would be he would do girl, female, uh, women characters. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, they had B.J. Ward on that show, but that was, I think that was it. But, you know, yeah, but, like, if they needed a, like, again, like, background stuff, like a scream or, or something like that, right. he would do, <laughs> it was fun. 
and we had to play every character. And after a while, BJ could only play so many girls, and he said, well, who can we get to play girls? And everybody turned to me, because I had the lightest voice. Um. So now I look at these every now and then, they're on the Zoom or some television, yeah. I don't know what it is, and I watch myself, and I'm like, oh my God. Were you the witch? That? Were you the witch, or was that BJ? No, that was BJ. Okay. BJ was the witch. I was, oh, I was, I was uh, Sven Lance, and yes, the old, man. the old, I think, uh, BJ's father. Of the court, something of the king of the court, whatever it was. Oh, right. The character, oh. I forgot who he was. Yeah, exactly. And I was all these little girls going, oh no, oh, <laughs> somebody ran me over, oh my god, they killed me, you know, because the Japanese killed everybody. Yes. <laughs> and they had to cut out all the nude scenes, because when the Japanese killed you in those films, you were naked. <laughs> what? He was I mean, cool. he had, he was awesome. yeah, he was, he was, he's one of the greats, him and Welker, and, uh, yeah. you know, they're all, they're all able to do that. But even like, you know, like Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill can do like high pitched, and he can do like grovelly. You know, he That's does true. does all of those. Uh, uh, also, you know. Alan Oppenheimer, who, yes, who can yes. do yeah, he can do Skeletor, He Man, <laughs> but also he, I, I'm, I am man at arms. He Adam, what yeah. can I you know? So, uh, but that's that's good. But so I was going to say this other video that I saw. Uh, these are panel dis- discussion things, right? Yeah. And it was Frank Welker and Peter Cullen, and one of, and they were taking questions from the audience. So someone in the audience said, "Peter, show us how, like, if you had to do Megatron, show us your Megatron, and Frank, <laughs> if you had to do Optimus Prime, show us your Optimus Prime." Right. And neither one of them could do it. They were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That may have been the Rhode Island one that I recorded. I don't know. I I, I, I remember that. I, I think it was partly like they didn't want to step on each other's toes. Well, you know, I, I, I think Frank Welker was... because he does have that bit more higher pitched voice. He's like, I you know, hey guys, I can't do. I can't get my voice to be that low. I just physically can't do it. Eh. And then Peter Cullen tried to do. He's like, okay, I'll, okay, I'll do Optimus Prime, and he's like. I'm Megatron. Sorry, not Optimus Prime. Megatron. He's like, I'm Megatron. That's terrible. I can't do it. (laughs) Well, you know, the funny part is, even some of the greatest voice actors, um, you know, like for instance, I I was uh, just in some of the some of the ones that I've talked to, um, even some of the greatest ones, they they're not impressionist like they'll say right. i'm not an impressionist like like frank welker is an impressionist in addition to you know great voice actor right. doing all these noises and animal noises and stuff like that he's a great impressionist also That's whereas right. most of these guys are not like they get a script they work on the character and you know that's kind of it. It's it's like uh, exactly. who's the one who well, well, remember Michael. Well, it's, it's like Frank Oz. Like Frank Oz, for instance. Everybody always asks him, "Oh, can you do Yoda? Can you do this? Can you do Cookie Monster?" And Frank Oz, you know, Oz is kind of like particular with this kind of stuff. He's a bit curmudgeonly when it comes to this, but he's like, he's like, no, I won't do that because he's like, you have to understand. And he'll say, it'll come right out. Frank Oz will say, "Look, I'm not an impressionist. I'm not. That's not me." So he's like, I do these characters based on what is written. So you know, I, you know that's how I'm acting. It's it's a written character, and he's like, it doesn't do. I'm not going to do any justice to the character. First of all, to sit here and repeat a line that I did, 
you know, 40, 50 years ago. That's stupid to me. But also, he's like, I just, he literally will say, I literally cannot do it. He's like, if you ask me to just start talking as Yoda, he's like, I wouldn't even know the first thing to say. It's not my character. So that's, right. you know, that's part of it as well. And so a lot of times, it's like when I met Welker and and Cullen, and I walked up to them, and I was like, can you guys, like, because I was recording it, and I was like, can you guys, like, do the character somehow? And they were, like, looking at it, they looked at me like, well, like, like, in what context? And so I had to come up with, like, a reason that they would be talking to me. <laughs> and then they just kind of devolved into, like, just doing bad impressions of themselves. Yeah. I am Megatron, leader of the Decepticon. You are nothing. I am. You are an evil person. I may be a little nasty. <laughs> I may be a little nasty. Guys, I'm sorry. Oh, that's fine. Okay, here we go. There we go. <laughs> I may be nasty. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for coming. So that's why. I mean, listen. People who do, like, I can do, like, various characters, but it's me impersonating, like, a caricature, basically. It's not me coming, like, there's some characters I'll just invent stuff. You know, I could just do it. But, like, we've we've done over the years on on some of these skits that we've had. But it's a lot harder to just, just say, hey, can you do Skeletor? You know, and, you know, go, just do five minutes of... <laughs> Skeletor, right. I wouldn't be able to do it. Right. <laughs> you know, it'd have to be written somehow. You'd have to think about, you know, what kind of scene that you're doing. Right, of course, yeah. Well, again, our interview with Michael Bell, he reiterated, uh, because something that I asked him, I was like, you know, if, if Peter Cullen ever got sick or something, like, hey, you're a voice actor, Michael Bell. If Peter Cullen uh. ever got sick, like... As an experienced veteran voice actor, talented voice actor, could they be? Oh, M- Michael, you're here. You, you, you're a talented voice actor. You do Optimus Prime. He's like, no, I'm not doing. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not a mimic. I'm an actor. Right. I, he does yeah. his roles. I do my roles, and and that's so. Yeah, it's it's not about um, impersonating. It's about acting and developing characters as an actor. Wait a minute. So hold on a second. I have to send you. I'm gonna do a screen print of this. Okay. But our last episode, we were talking about the Cheers location, that like secondary location that that closed in Faneuil Hall. The, in, yeah, uh, the the tribute bar. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. Can I send you? I don't even know if I could send you a. Uh, uh, I don't know if it, I don't think this is gonna work. <laughs> what What is that? I I, I look. I need to paste. I need to paste an image, and I don't know how to do that in this chat. I don't know if you can. Just email me. Or hold it up to the screen. Present your screen. No, I'm using my phone. I'm using my phone to do the video. So just hold the screen up to the... All right, all right. I'll have to flip it around here. All right. All right, so can you see this? Uh, slightly, yeah. I see something that looks like a mess. Oh, wait. Oh, no. It's... Hold on. Let me turn this light off. Oh. That didn't help. Why is this so bright? <laughs> I don't know. It's not, uh... It's not, like, recalibrating its exposure. What is it? Is it, uh... All right, anyway, so there's some guy that I'm friends with. He, uh... <laughs> he literally posted <laughs> minutes ago on his Facebook page 
He goes, my latest project, polishing up a dozen Cheers bar stools to, to resell. These came from the now-shuttered Cheers Fanual Hall location in Boston. Wow. They were custom-made to look like the ones on the show. Synchronicity. So I don't know. Somehow this guy wound up with, like, a dozen of these bar stools <laughs> that we were just talking about. Well, hey, do you want a Cheers bar stool? You can buy one. I don't have a bar, so... <laughs> sort of Omens, come to my hand. I, lion command it. Thunder, thunder, thundercats. Ho! Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, guys. Yeah. All right, this is the Paunch oh, Stevenson yes. Show. This is the Paunch Stevenson Show. PaunchStevenson.com. We're still, we're still a thing. We're still a thing. Quarantining yeah. and hermiting and pandemicking and... Staying safe. We're staying safe. We hope all of you are as well. PaunchStevenson.com, episode 307. I am so, Rob. You are great. Yeah. I am Rob. You are great. And the election has happened, right? Unbelievable. It's unbelievable, unbelievable what has happened in this election and that they've they, you know, in, in terms of who they decided or who, you know, has come out as the winner and where the country is going to be, we, we just can't believe it. It is not right? believable. It is not believable. Can't believe it. I am in shock. I don't know, I don't know, when to, I don't know whether to, to, to cheer or cry. All I know is the next four years better be better than the last four years. <laughs> The next four months better be better well, than the last four months. Well, that's true. I mean, what are we going to do now? That's what has to be done? A lot. <laughs> a lot has... It's just not good. It's just not good. Not good. All right, so what do we... Uh, or is it good? Maybe it's next... better. It's going to be great. <laughs> Only time will tell. That is true. <laughs> Time is uh, is of the essence. Of the essence. Yeah. Well, that worked out. Now nobody could tell. Basically. <laughs> so it is now official. It is official. I have been waiting four years for this moment. I have only one thing to say to Donald Trump. That's my right. Vince McMahon. Get out! Ralph Cram. What's that? Honeymooners. Oh, come on. No, the Vince McMahon is definitely the one. No, I, I have been telling people and posting, you're fired everywhere. <laughs> and whenever so. they, they, immediately when they, when they reply to me, I just once again post the same meme, you're fired. <laughs> that is the only thing that anyone will get from me on social media for the next two months is you're fired. You're fired! But what is... What is uh, Donald Rump going to do? What is he going to do? Is he going to get arrested? Is he going to flee the country? Is he like, I don't care. Seriously, realistically, what are his options here? I don't... Listen, let me tell you. I wouldn't care. I don't care what he does. I don't care if Joe Biden takes office and immediately 
uh, Outlaw's Pizza, you know, or something like that. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. You know why? Because he's fired. That's right. That is it. That's right. I don't care. You will not see another political post from me on social media for maybe the next three or four years. That's it. I'm done. I am done. He's fired. He's fired. Pack your bags. No, You're leaving no, tonight. Listen. This is what he would always say on The Celebrity Apprentice. Listen, you're a nice guy. I like you, but I'm sorry. You're fired. You've done a great job. I would hire you in your minute, but, you know, you're fired. No, you're out. Bye-bye. Yeah. Well, right. well in uh, this case, I didn't like you. You didn't do a great <laughs> job, and you're still fired. So you and your children and your whatever mistresses or whatever uh, out all right um so we're moving on now you bum uh, you're so out. I, I, to quote bases I, I will i will say Do you i will that? say uh, I, what to quote bases loaded you bum you're out bases loaded yeah don't, you don't remember that i don't remember that you bum you're out I, the umpire I don't would say, that. What, so, like, if there were bases loaded and the batter struck out, he would say, you bum. Well, he wasn't saying, you bum. Yes. No, 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 I'm sorry. I, I correct myself. Someone from the audience, someone from the crowd would say, you bum, and then the umpire would oh. say, you're out. You bum. All right, so on, on a uh, listen on a serious, very somber note. Yeah. Um, one of one of my long time, you know, our longtime friends. We've had him on the program several times. He was, <clears throat> we did the uh, digital press podcast with him as well a number of times. Uh, Frankie V, uh, unfortunately passed away back at the end of July mm. of this year, twenty twenty, uh, which not not from coronavirus though. No, I mean he had he had colon cancer. He'd had it for about seven years. Yep. And um, you know, I mean, he, he fought it. You know, he, he went. I mean, God, the guy went through the worst possible medical treatments and just just awful for years. Yeah. And years. yeah, and uh, you know, he, he was having some difficulties with with certain things, and then you know, went to the hospital and. You know, uh, they thought, I guess they just thought, you know, they were going to send him home, you know, as, as they had multiple times. And I guess he just, you know, just the heart gave out or something. And uh, it really, you know, just sucked. Yeah. Sucks because, you know, he's it's just somebody that I would, you know, really nice guy, a very funny guy. Um, he was always willing to help. You know, all these little, like, video game projects that I would, like, go down a rabbit hole and never come back out of and right. never finish. Right. Mostly were his fault. Uh, through his encouragement, I'd get into these these things that uh, more trouble than they were worth. But, you know, very nice, very, you know, cool, f good friend. And uh, we will miss him very, very much. Yep. And uh, it's, just, it's just sad. Fellow, what can you say? fellow, uh, I think even maybe bigger than us, uh, Transformers fan and oh and, and yeah, Lost I mean, fan, right? Big Lost fan. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Frankie basically watched anything he watched. He was not only was he in it into it, he was like 
like betrothed to it. I mean, <laughs> right? That's true. You know, Bob's Burgers, Agents of Shield, uh, Breaking Bad, Futurama, yeah, Futurama, um, Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Uh, you know, I can go on and on. I mean, it was like everything, you know, with this guy. <laughs> he just, he'd get into these things. But yeah, but Transformers, obviously he was a fan of the show and, and of the movie. Um, I actually think that you and I are actually more fans of the series. The original. Than, than him. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. Well, he, but, but, but he, he had- was. He he still collected all the toys and oh, like knockoff I mean, toys he, and he was get his Transformers collection. I mean, I can't even imagine what's gonna happen what happens with his his video game collection, particularly his handheld. I mean, he had all the tabletop handhelds. He had tons of the game and watch handhelds from the eighties that he had collected. But the Transformers and somewhat G.I. Joe, but really the Transformers, I mean, he didn't have any of the original ones because those look, you know, terrible by this point. But he had these like these reimagined, sort of redesigned masterpiece versions and knockoffs and things where, you know, over the years they just kept making the toys look more and more like the cartoon characters. Yeah. And yet could still transform into like the vehicles or the planes or whatever. They're very exquisite and they were very expensive. And that was the one rabbit hole that I would never get into. Because the space to keep them, I don't have the space, and they were very expensive, and a lot of the ones that he got were very limited. So, like, if you didn't pre-order them immediately from, like, you know, Hong Kong at four in the morning, you were never getting them. Right. So, yeah, it'd be a great, greatly missed, and again, because of coronavirus... Uh, I mean, they, his wife had uh, a memorial service, a Lizette, a small memorial service for him one day. But, you know, like we, you know, like Joe from Digital Press, we'd, we, will, we would love to do some kind of like big gathering for all, you know, all of us. Yeah. But we can't. I know. You know, and with yeah. the coronavirus, I have no idea when we will be able to. Maybe next year. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We don't this know. Point, but but we're doing. I mean, bad. hey, we're we're speaking about him. We're remembering him. Uh, we're honoring him, and and that's you yeah. Know, that's 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 what that that's a nice thing. So yeah. So wasn't, wasn't there uh, another death in the video game hobby? The the twenty the uh, XM guy, the seventy eight hundred. Yeah. So right. I uh, the, it's just really. I mean, again, not coronavirus is crazy. Yeah. But um, Kurt Vendell, who most people have probably never heard of, but uh, Kurt Vendell, who was from Long Island, um, he was one of the longest-running Atari collectors that there is. You know, John Hardy, uh, along with Joe Santulli and um, uh, Sean Kelly, they formed the eventually formed the the uh, National Video Game uh, History Museum in in Texas. Yeah. Uh, but Kurt was just as um, important in the Atari community because basically what Kurt Vendell did back in the back in the nineties, early two thousands. I mean, he basically would dumpster dive when Atari like went out of business and threw all their stuff out and cleaned out warehouses and 
and you know and didn't shred anything. <laughs> well, of course not. Why would they? And so he, I mean, he <laughs> basically that costs money. Buying a shredder costs money. Yeah, I mean, he, he dumpster dived and took all of these old, you know, materials from the '80s that they still had, and that's you know, it forms the you know this this incredible collective. Of of history on Atari that that yeah, and he sales wrote a book. data right like some sales figures and dates yeah I mean and... he wrote a he wrote a book with uh, Marty Goldberg uh, uh, called uh, Atari you know business is fun and it's a very very long book but um, and it, particularly with computers I mean he had so many so much hardware Atari prototype hardware. You know that Kurt had, and uh, he was working on for like ten years. He was working on an expansion module for the Atari seventy eight hundred, and unfortunately, it was actually he was making finally making progress to get it released recently. And so, I mean, you just say the problem with Kurt was many years ago now, several years ago, he was bitten by a spider, a brown recluse spider, which uh, the venom can be very bad. And uh, basically, the venom essentially he was treated for it, but the venom damaged his heart. And so, you know, he had did heart it, did problems. Did it damage these... it or did it enhance it? No, it's not. No, unfortunately, it damaged it. And he had a lot of surgeries to correct it, and you know, basically, he just you know died of a heart attack oh, over the okay. summer as okay. well. So, I mean, okay. wow, what can you do? All right, so I will so not do, I will not interrupt with Stanley. <laughs> Stanley. <laughs> no, wait. So so then so what is the uh, so so hey Kurt Vendell and your family and, and very you know very yeah. sad and and you know we're honoring him. But what, what so now what's what's the future of this XM seventy eight hundred expansion oh, or, or is it just, is it like. Is it vaporware at this point? Is there any finishing it? Well, is there any point? Is there any uh, anything? There were people... The problem was, so there were people working on the firmware, because Kurt was not a programmer. Not really. So there was people working on the firmware for it. Um, the hardware was basically done. I think Kurt had already shipped some uh, developer uh, versions. And he, he just had people working on the on the firmware. And... You know, I don't know how where they were on that, but he seemed confident that they were going to come up with it. You know, by the end of this year, so I mean, they could technically still do that. The problem at this point is that, you know, who's going to work? I mean, who now at this point, even if they finalized it, you know, like who's going to take the lead and, you know, make these things? I mean, Kurt right, to, basically manufacture it and and yeah, I mean, he got it. into trouble because yeah, you know, he got into trouble. Years ago, because he he took hundreds of pre-orders at I don't know hundred or hundred twenty-five dollars each or whatever it was, basically, and he paid. He took all that money and used it to to do the tooling to create the like plastic case that it would go into and that kind of stuff, right. which was you know done. I mean, he he made all of them. He made a gigantic run of them, I think. But again, like he, I mean, he acknowledged that whenever this thing was ready to go, he would be the one soldering it together, mm. okay. you know, at no salary, right, <laughs> basically. Right. right. So, so I don't know who, who's going to, who the hell's going to step forward and do that? So uh, Marty, who was his partner in many of these ventures, um, uh, said that he would eventually like work with his wife and 
you know, see what, what could be done. Like, he would take possession. But, I mean, you know, a lot of stuff is in, like, a storage unit. You know, so I have no idea. The only the only thing is the the things that it was able to do, there's actually right now, there's, there's multiple people working on, like, SD cartridge, flash cartridges for the 7800 right now. And at least one of them is going to incorporate, like, a Yamaha FM chip sound chip on it which was part of the one of the things he was going to have on there um and in addition to additional ram and things like that so i mean you could literally do it on a on a cartridge you know i mean that's it so in a sense i think the odds are that people will eventually make some of these flash cartridges that will just do what it was going to do my you question know, I, so so as uh, you know look it's a it's a sad thing right that he died but are the people on the message boards who paid the hundred dollars ten years five years ago let's say are they like uh that's a bummer well i've moved on or are they like he stole my money i want my hundred dollars <laughs> but like are there people clamoring for refunds and calling him a well, thief and and whatever or 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 well, are there they was understand? yes but, but I mean, after well, he died, I mean, are they understanding or are they like, I need my hundred dollars? Yeah, I mean, most people, no, no, no. I mean, most people are understanding. There was one idiot that showed up at Atari age and was like, well, you know, now what? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, what are they going to do? It's probably done. So, oh, well. Moving on. All right. Okay. Video, well, we'll stay with video games here for a little while here before we get back into some uh, celebrities croaking. Can I can um, I just say one thing real quick? So video uh, games. Yes. Um, we were talking last episode about the console wars, video game wars, and fights, ar- arguments people have online, and, and uh, well, eh. back when when we were when we were growing up in real life. Genesis is better. No, Super Nintendo's better. Uh, whatever, right? All these arguments. And one of the things that people bring up about to argue in favor of the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive against the Super Nintendo is the Super Nintendo has such a weak CPU that all the games have these add-on enhancement chips. Nintendo relied on enhancement chip. That's the big argument that gets trotted out over and over, repeated and repeated. Super Nintendo enhancement chip. All the games have enhancement chips. I had gone... Uh, online and done the research okay let me see what these enhancement chips are let me see how many games use these enhancement chips when you look at the library of released Super Nintendo games Super Famicom games right for the amount of times people use that argument that Super Nintendo relied on enhancement chips it was like 4% of the library had enhancement chips (laughs) 96%. Something along that. I I don't have the numbers right in front of me. But it was less than 10% of all Super Nintendo, all Super Famicom games used some sort of enhancement chip. 90 plus percent of the games were stock Super Nintendo hardware. Why do people keep making that argument? Well, it's a stupid argument. Look, even the games that used it, so you had the Super Effects chip, which very few games used because it was expensive. Correct. That was used for like 
for 3D rendering, like you saw in Star Fox. You know, and it was used. It was used for Yoshi's Island, you know, Super Mario World 2, but it wasn't used for the 3D modeling. It was basically used for like additional calculations. Right, you could have done it with a different manipulation. Chip. Yeah, they could have done and it with doom. a different chip. They just, they right. But I'm just saying, in the case of Yoshi's Island, they could have done it with a different chip. They just decided to use that chip because they had it already. <laughs> they right. probably had yeah, excess. Right. Because right. it was Nintendo. Um, in most of the cases, it's used for calculations. That's why a lot of the Japanese real-time strategy uh, Super Nintendo games used various chips because they used it for just making extra math, extra calculations, things like that. Right. Um, but I'm saying it's a every, very, very minuscule portion of the library. For for the way people right. use that, they, they, they rely on that argument like a crutch against the Super Nintendo. Yeah. I would, I know, it comes across to me like, oh, wow, 90% of the library uses enhancement. No, it's the other way around. 90% of the games released are plain old stock Super Nintendo hardware. No enhancement chip. Stop using that argument. That is an invalid argument. Look, the original Nintendo, I felt, was the system that used additional hardware on cartridges more than any other. Absolutely. Correct. That is correct. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. But anyway, all right, so now you... So, so speaking of the original Nintendo... um, by the way, do you mind I if I found... eat real quick while you while you talk? As long as you're not going to be like... No, 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 I won't. I won't. What are you eating? I don't just a slice of pizza. Uh, well, that shouldn't... Pizza's not that... Uh, all right, well, so go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I can still hear you. I'm just saying I'm just going to get the slice of pizza. So, um, I think you had found this, but... Uh, Basically, um, I, I I don't know if this was part of the old that of that NES the that Nintendo uh, 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 hacking that happened where they dumped all of this all these original files that they had maybe not but or no no it wasn't it basically somebody out there figured out that if you used. Uh, uh, the NES game, the Konami game, is you know Double Dribble, and that Double Dribble had these voice samples, the digitized voice in the you know, Double Dribble, Double Dribble, Double Dribble, and it sounded awful. Double Dribble, and that's what it was. Yeah, you know, what happened? So this this guy went on there and he 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 didn't find the original voice samples, right? He just kind of like detuned them to like change the pitch. No. No? Hold on. I I don't know all of the specific details, but from what I understand, he was working on some kind of emulator or something or, or dumping the something with an emulator and trying to and he accidentally reversed the bits. In the voice sample, like some something he coded, some script he coded, accidentally reversed the bits, and he's like, "Ah, okay, huh? Th- that voice sounds a little bit clearer when the bits are reversed." Did Konami accidentally reverse the bits and make it a little garbled? 
I mean, I don't know enough about program. To me, if like if as a lay person, I feel like if you reverse the bits in a computer program, like how do you still get a, a, a coherent voice? But he claims the bit he re- accidentally reversed the bits and it f- made the voice sample sounds noticeably clearer not perfect but noticeably clearer so he's um hypothesizing that konami's the one who accidentally reversed the bits in the first place and his reversing of their reverse bits put the bits back the way they were supposed to be originally and then you end up with a clearer sounding voice but then what i noticed was okay the voice is a little bit clearer but why does it sound like the, like the guy sucked helium before he's like that? No, Jim. Like why is it that doesn't? So I slow. Yeah. I, so I took the clearer version and slowed it down, and now it's like double dribble, not double dribble. <laughs> it's like oh, did they like maybe there was some memory limitation, space limitation. It's like oh, we have to speed up the voice so it's a little quicker, so it uses. I don't know, but it's like. It sounds like a really nice voice when the bits were flipped back to normal and slowed down a little bit. It just sounded like a, like, wow, this actually sounds good. Here is the original double dribble title screen voice sample. Double dribble. Here is the uncorrupted version. Double dribble. It sounds slightly clearer. Double, double dribble. Double dribble. However, however, I noticed something else. The voice sample seems too high-pitched. Double dribble. So I slowed down the voice sample. It sounds like this. Double dribble. Double dribble. Wait, it wasn't... So wait, wasn't there another game that we were discussing, though, that came up? Blades of Steel? Nah, it wasn't that. that. I thought it was a different one. Well, then, so then, then this message board that I found this on did investigating. Because they're like, well, what other games have reversed accidental bits and whatever? Right. So they said, no, Blades of Steel, the voices sound the same. They didn't reverse them in that, blah, blah, blah. But they did come up with a list of games that used, um, uh, samples for some music channels, like 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 a bass drum or a, or snare drum or something. That they're like, hey, this sounds better when the bits were were reversed. So they're thinking that there are a handful of games where some of the music or some of the voices do sound better when the. I don't know. This whole thing makes no sense to me. All I know is what we got on the double dribble cartridge. The voice could actually sound better than what we ended up with. Mm. And I thought oh, well. that was I thought that was interesting. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. It was like like the potential is there buried in the cartridge. It just got messed up somehow like it, it, yeah. on execution, but but anyway, that was it. So no, the other nobody's uh, going to have any idea what we're even talking about. <laughs> So speaking of, um, you know, things that you hear and sound familiar, um, so I, I believe you're familiar with both of these songs, right? One, you know, Michael Jackson, of course. No, I thought you were going to chime in. That's ignorant. 
Uh, <laughs> I've, only, I've only had two nose jobs. Children are so, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need some new lines. I, well, that's all he ever said. Uh, so Michael Jackson fire. did... Uh, what? My hair was on fire. Uh, all right. So Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson did... Uh, Michael Jackson. That was a, a big song for him, huh? The way you make me feel, the way you make me feel. Yeah. And then, so anyway, I was listening to some, you know, I always, I'm always on YouTube uh, looking at uh, uh, people's cover songs and, and stuff like that. But I don't know. So somehow I came up, I was listening to uh, uh, Tommy James, uh, Dragging the Line. Dragging the Line. Boom, boom, boom. And I swear, like, the, the rhythm and everything of that song, it's made it sound like Michael Jackson just ripped off dragging the line when he when he when he did the way you make me feel so yes, what do you no. so what do you think should happen oh well, I don't know Tommy James should sue should sue Michael Jackson for 50 billion dollars 50 billion get him billion get even dollars. with him for coming right I mean I don't know do you do you agree at all uh I don't know because I don't know what song you're talking about can you play wait, it? You, you, wait a minute. You know... How am I going to play it? It's, there's, we have no capability. Play it on the computer. You know, I'll hear it. I'll hear the sound coming out. No, but you know the, the Michael Jackson song, right? Yes. You don't know Tommy James dragging the line? No. Uh, dra you know, dragging the line. I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard it in Come my life. Come on! Never heard it. Play it, play it for me. Making a living the old hard way. Taking and giving my day by day. I did snow and rain and a bright sunshine. All right, for. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my first reaction. Yes. My immediate reaction to hearing four and a half seconds of the song so far. <laughs> Give me my baby back, baby back, baby back. Give me my baby back. Duh! Is it? Is that what it is? They Obviously, the, uh, the uh, Chili's took that from there. Oh, okay. All right. It's a, yeah, it's a I, similar rhythm. I think it's the part that you noticed, like the da 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 You know, and I think that's where it, it when I listened to the, the, the Jackson song again, it, I, I heard it in that. But I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, Quincy Jones can do whatever he wants. But no one's going to stop him. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right, so and, uh, lastly, back to video games. Um, so, you know, you're one of your favorite console handheld... Con and Frankie, our, our late friend Frankie's favorite handheld console was the Atari Lynx. 
And uh, somebody, a homebrewer, recently actually ported Mortal Kombat mm. to the Atari Lynx. It was very impressive. Mortal Kombat! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it does that. No, 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 no. But, um... Yeah, it is that that it is very impressive. Yes, very mm-hmm. well. <laughs> so this is what uh, what I'm going to assume is. Well, they had it on Game Gear, <clears throat> so it's not no, like totally. No, but this this version, this port specifically, I'm I'm jumping to the conclusion that this one person created this at home in in the person's spare time. Right, and it and it look and it's very impressive. Yet. Pit Fighter, which was an official, right? Wasn't that an official release? Is on the links. Is yes. heinous. So, but the point I'm making is, how could one person in 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 this person's spare time do something better than an official release? That that's like, again, I know it comes back to what we were talking about last episode, where just the budgets, the timetables, and the but it's like, well, I don't on, think that they had on. the. I mean, they didn't have like Mortal Kombat wasn't ported. They didn't have the license. No, but what I'm saying is, what this person was able to do with an arcade, right, game, right, 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 porting it down into the links. Look at like, why did Pit Fighter come out so horrendously? Well, why was the Super Nintendo version so garbage? <laughs> That's that's I wonder that every day of my life. I wasted sixty dollars on that thing when I was thirteen years old. Sixty dollars, and I was so embarrassed. I didn't ask my parents to take me and, and get a refund. I was so emba- I was so ashamed <laughs> of, of my choice. Because back then, stores yeah. I don't even think a store would have given a refund. It's like no, you opened no, this. That's it. no, no, you, no. You, yeah, we're not giving you a refund. So I just had to play it. Well, actually, um, that changed with Nintendo. Um, normally, I don't remember like in the 80s. I don't remember if they... I think even in the 80s, they gave you a refund if it was a cartridge game like Atari. Or I think maybe even even if it was software. I think you could you could get a refund for it. I don't know. I was just and too then, embarrassed to tell my parents I picked out a piece nah, of No, nah, but Nintendo, no. Nintendo had a very clear policy with any other retailers, which was that they well they wouldn't take it back. Nintendo would not take it back. So um that was the first thing, but uh the retailers usually did not take the games back because Nintendo wouldn't take them back. So they were like, well, what are we going to do with these things? Right. But I so think, I didn't even bother to try. No, I think that, like, we didn't have Target uh, near us back then, but I, I always, I heard, I've read stories that, like, Target would take it back, for instance. Um, you know, but, like, you know, Toys R Us wouldn't take it back. Kmart, you know, none of those stores. They would well, video game dynasty certainly wasn't going to take it back. Video dynasty, no, th- yeah, and I bought this at at um, video. Do you remember this store, Video Game Depot in Lynnhurst? Not really. I think it was on Ridge Road. Yeah, so they, they were not going to take this thing. I didn't even bother trying. I just no. 
I just, it was a life lesson. <laughs> well, that was like the time this happened a few years later when, you know, I was, a, you know, I loved the baseball stars on the NES. <clears throat> I loved that game. And I had the game. And then this was like 93, very late in the NES life. And they announced the baseball stars two. And I was like, oh, I have to get this. I can't believe it. A sequel to Baseball Stars? Amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the only other version of the game was on Neo Geo. Right. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and me as an idiot, you know, back then, I didn't... I didn't first, the first problem that I, I should have realized was that it wasn't being released by SNK. It was being released by something called Romstar. <laughs> right. So that should have been my first which, which red was, flag. But but to be fair, Romstar was a was a legit company. Well, that's not that's not what I'm talking about. But anyway, so that and then so I bought the game and I opened it and brought it home. And you know i I brought it home and I played it and it played pretty much like the original game. But the main problem was that they had gotten rid of the biggest selling point of the original game which was that you could create your own players and build your own team and they got rid of that <laughs> so and and I think they may have even gotten rid of the the save functionality on it so I was like how I'm like first of all you can't make your own characters up and what the hell am I supposed to do with a game that lets you trade and things like that already created players and you can't save it <laughs> I think they gave a password out see something that I always wondered about with those old games well even even new games right that that when this type of thing happens is is you you programmed these features into the first game now you're working on a sequel. The feature is already programmed. Why did you remove it? You didn't have to... Like, uh -huh. Again, to my lay person, I'm not a computer programmer, a professional, but it's it comes across to me like it, the work has already been done. Why did you not just carry it over into the sequel? Who the hell knows? <laughs> I should. That's what I should do. I should try and look for... Whoever was the director of Baseball Stars 2 on the NES, find them and send them a very, you know, nasty letter. Why the hell did you ruin this this game? Say, I want my $60 back. <laughs> I don't think it costs that much. But, no, so basically I brought it. I had no choice. Nobody would take it back. So I basically had to bring it back to Funko Land. Basically new in the box, having played it for like 25 minutes and I ha and I basically lost like, you know, sixty percent of what I paid. I had to trade it back into them. Oh, what, what else was I gonna do with it? I know, not well, nothing. There was no secondary market. There was no eBay back then. I know. So that was it. I guess the only I said here, take it back. The only thing that you probably could have done, or that I probably could have done with Pit Fighter, was. To claim the cartridge didn't work. But but no, see, now I think about it. Okay, well, here's another copy of Pit Fighter, then leave the store. So they probably would have still ended up seeing through that anyway. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. Life lessons. Yeah. So, all right. Moving on after all this this babble. Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess now we'll we'll have to talk about some dead celebrities. Yeah. I knew that was coming. All right. Born March thirtieth, nineteen thirty three. Died August 26th, 2020. 87 years old. Natural causes. Not coronavirus, uh, COVID-19. Natural causes. Joe Ruby. Mm. <clears throat> Who was Joe Ruby? Was he the guy well, who's, uh, who, who shot uh, Oswald or something? <laughs> no, who, was... who was that? Now I'm blanking out on his name He shot Pat and Oswald <laughs> Oswald I'm kidding, this is, this is uh, horrendous No, it was, it was Jack uh, Ruby, Jack Ruby Jack Ruby shot Lee Harvey Oswald This is Joe Ruby, co-creator of Scooby-Doo Ruby, 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 Zoink, Scooby. As, as we both say it at the same time. Great. We need a Scooby snack, Scoob. Zoink. Hey, Scoob. You know, Shaggy, there's no such things as ghosts. <laughs> so, Scooby, Scooby Doo, oh, where boy. are you? Which was a Hanna Barbera. Yeah. One of my cartoon. favorites. One of my favorite all-time cartoons, Scooby-Doo. Yeah, I grew up watch. Well, we we grew up because uh, we're the same age. We grew up watching all that stuff. I mean, that was that was on TV before our time, but it was still it was still on TV when we were growing up. Um, and and I remember they had. I, I mean, I remember being like four years old and and seeing these episodes. It was like. Scooby-Doo, where are you? This episode guest stars Batman and Robin. This episode guest stars eh. Don Knotts, of all people. This episode guest stars the Harlem Globetrotters. Or, or uh, who else? Laurel and Hardy. It was, like, so bizarre. Like, Laurel and Hardy. What, what relevant? I mean, look, I like Laurel and Hardy. But what relevance did they have to, to be guest starring in a Scooby-Doo episode? It, just, it was... Cool, but also bizarre and, and confusing at the same time. It's like weird, but but Scooby Doo, um, it it was uh, this. I don't even know how to explain it. It was a group of teenagers. <laughs> were they, they were driving, so I guess they were adults. But and they would just get stuck in these predicaments and somehow get entangled in these mysteries and they would like end up solving the mystery like i don't like who were these group of people what, what were their jo was this their job they weren't getting paid for it it was like what was the backstory what was the context i don't think there was well, any. i mean you know it was just you know they were kind of you know it was like a groove the, the groovy you know kind of a you know 1969 uh, yeah. yeah like teenagers well they, i don't know that they were teen i mean it was weird it was like were they teenagers? Were they 18, 19? It's hard to say. They, but they did have a talking dog. And and it was two men and two women. 
And a dog. Yes. Yeah, in this van, just just driving around, getting <laughs> stuck in the middle of nowhere, and then they would see a ghost, and they'd be like, let's go inside this mansion and try to get help for our car, and they would see a ghost, and or I don't know, it was just like, I, I don't know, it was just mysteries, they were solving mysteries. They were inadvertently solving mysteries. Uh, yeah. That was it. But but somehow, somehow, right, because in the 1960s, 1970s, there were just dozens and dozens and dozens of cartoon shows being on Saturday mornings and... I mean, everything, Great Babe and Speed Buggy and Yogi Bear and... And, and Josie and the Pussycats and Groovy Ghoulies and it's just it's just dozens of shows. And, but somehow there was something about the Scooby Doo show that just that just endured all, all these decades and became this beloved Scooby Doo became this beloved character and these other cartoon shows just vanished into oblivion. What what was it about the Scooby Doo show that was so uh, it it just spoke to people. What was it about it that that it was able to last decades and decades and decades? Well, because I think you know it was pretty simple. I think because even you know for kids, you know there was a story, there was the mystery that they would solve, mm. and things like that. And the you know you could have like a mon- you had monster of the week, you had celebrity of the week. Eventually, they started bringing in all these uh, you know animated celebrities who would voice the characters well like i said yeah like the the guest star that that they would have the guest stars right and yeah so i I think that was a a lore too but i just like i said i think it's just the whole mystery angle to it um and i guess it was cheap i I don't know i mean it was just successful in the sense that it kept getting reordered (laughs) you know year after year they just right they were very. I guess the ratings were always there, but like and, like um, Laugh Olympics, no Scooby Doo, yes. <laughs> it's like yeah, but it's just it, it, McGilla Gorilla, no re- Scooby Doo, yes. <laughs> yeah, but also remember all of those shows like Flintstones and The Jetsons. I mean, they all ran for multiple seasons because, particularly in the '60s and even in the early '70s. Um, they didn't do as much with reruns and syndication. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time, like when we, like when we were little kids, the newer series that came on, you know, as long as they got enough of them created, you know, like He-Man or whatever it was like, as long as they had enough created to just put it into syndication, they could just run them, you know, uh, once a day or whatever it was. And that's what they would do. They didn't care that they that these were reruns. Right. At that point, whereas in the 60s and 70s, I think that there was, you know, they just didn't think of that. They were like, wow, well, you know, we can't just keep rerunning this show for three or four years. You know, the people won't want to, kids won't want to watch this. There's for a lot three of or four years. And yeah, there's a lot of they shows could. like like as a someone who's interested, someone who's always been interested in animation and pop culture. I still, to this day, I'll I'll go down some kind of Wikipedia rabbit hole or YouTube rabbit hole, and like, I never heard of this cartoon, and I'll look it up, and like, oh yeah, there were it was only on for thirteen episodes in nineteen seventy six or something like that. 
there's all these, again, dozens and dozens of cartoons in the 1970s that only had 13 episodes and that was it. And then just like, and then just vanished into oblivion that it's like, I just find it interesting that, that like, like Filmation, Hanna-Barbera, these companies kept, I don't know, like just flinging uh, stuff against the wall and seeing what would stick, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's stuff like, yeah. like, um, there's the more popular stuff like Johnny Quest and Flash Gordon and Thundar the Barbarian and stuff, but there's stuff like, uh. like, um, I don't like, like. Uh, like Tarzan and and, uh, and Zorro and like Osiris, the Egyptian goddess who can fly. And I'm like, what is like? What, I, I never heard of this stuff before, but I, I just find it so fascinating. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Who's oh, next? Uh, yes. So, born. Uh, so that was Scooby Doo. So born July. 11th 1950 died June 8th 2020 69 years old one of the Pointer sisters Bonnie Bonnie yeah. <laughs> why can't I say that Bonnie Pointer one of the Pointer sisters so uh, a musical group from yeah. the, from what was the it? Was it, what 70s was and 80s thing, uh... Jump. I'm so jump. excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, sl- uh, slow hand. I think and, and the, the neutron dance. And they had a bunch of his. They were around for a long time too. L- longer. Yeah. I mean, they had a resurgence in the '80s. They reinvented themselves and had a, a string of hits in the 1980s. But they were around before that too, just with um, with lesser success. I, I, I'm not a Pointer Sisters expert, but. That's how it comes across to me. Um, uh, next one, so Bonnie Pointer. So next one, June seventh, nineteen forty-three. Born, died May eighteenth, twenty twenty. Seventy-six years old. Actor Ken Osmond, who played Eddie Haskell on the old TV sitcom Leave It to Beaver. Uh, well before my time there. <laughs> well, uh, well, you know, yes, that is another example of something that was before our time, yet somehow growing up, it was on TV, and I watched it. Was I think Nickelodeon showed it, and I and and uh, it's like uh, I'm watching Leave It to Beaver as an eight year old in the 1980s. It's like, <laughs> those shows are terrible. I couldn't watch them. Well, in the 1980s, so Nickelodeon, you had like Leave It to Beaver. Lassie was a big one. Um, Dennis the well, Lassie Menace. Lassie, I would watch. Yeah, like Lassie and and, uh, and Dennis the Menace was another big one we watched all the time. But these shows were from decades prior, right? Like Dobie Gillis, uh, the Donna Reed show, and, and Batman. Uh, Bat- yeah, the Batman, the old Batman, Adam West, Burt Ward show. So anyway, Eddie Haskell's dead. Uh, here's one. Here's one that that is that is our time. Born November twelfth, nineteen sixty three. Died April thirtieth, twenty twenty. Fifty six years old. Actor, actor, and singer. I guess you could say Sam Lloyd. So uh, he was. He was he, related to Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd, nephew. Yeah. 
he he was an actor. He was on. He played the the lawyer Ted on the TV sitcom Scrubs. Mm. So this hapless, pathetic, disheveled guy is funny. <laughs> uh, but he was also the singer in the a cappella group The Blanks. Yeah, if you remember that The Blanks? Not really. <clears throat> Another one. Born August 31st, 1940. Died April 5th, 2020. 79 years old. Tom Miller. Now you're probably wondering who the heck is Tom Miller. Thomas Thomas, Thomas L. Miller. Thomas L. Miller of Miller Boyette (laughs) Productions. So again, we grew up in the 1980s, 1990s. Uh, we were TV nerds. We're still TV nerds. So at the end of our of some of our favorite sitcoms, it's like a Miller Boyette production. Well, this is Tom Thomas L. Miller from from Miller Boyette Productions. He 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 was a producer on Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Bosom Buddies, Perfect Strangers, Full House, Family Matters, Step by Step. So very successful TV sitcom producer. Dead. <laughs> Any thoughts about about his productions or? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley; those were classics. Yeah, huge. Watch the reruns of, and then of course, The Perfect Strangers, Full House, Family Member uh, Matters, Step by Step. I mean, those, I mean, those that's TJIF. I mean, that's yeah. huge. And Bosom Buddies, which is where Tom Hanks got his start, and look where he. Oh, well, I never watched that. But to think of like the star of this weird little sitcom became like the, one of the most famous actors of all time. Right. Well, I mean, that often happened. <laughs> and the other guy, the the uh, his friend on the show was uh, Peter Scolari, I think. Is that? Yeah. He he Peter was Scolari. on the Bob Newhart show. With the remember the hotel and the. Eh. So anyway, um, no, he's dead. Tom Miller. Okay. Next one. See, there's there's a bunch, man. This is crazy. So, July 4th, 1938, died March 30th, 2020. 81 years old, singer Bill Withers. So he did... Um, Keep what's, babbling. What's, I'll the be name, right back. what's the name of the song? <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm drawing a button. He did Lean On Me. Lean On Me. You know, uh, when you know, na, 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 na. we all need someone to lean on. We all need somebody to lean on. So he did Lean On Me, and it's like right on the tip of my tongue. Ain't no sunshine. Thank you. Ain't no sunshine. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. So anyway, ain't no sunshine. And also he did uh, just the two of us. Just the two of us, you and I. So... Had a bunch of hits, and he's dead. Next one. Who's dead? Bill Withers. I just, I oh, just, Bill Withers? I just sang his whole discography, and you, and uh, 
Lean on me. Yes. Um, so, uh, buh, 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 buh. ah, born January 26th, so, uh, take two, born January 26th, 1955, died October 6th, 2020, 65 years old, died of lung cancer, Eddie Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen. Yes. Eddie Van Halen, obviously famous musician, guitarist. Uh, yeah, he played on Michael Jackson's albums. <clears throat> That's ignorant. No, uh, mm-hmm. he he did. Yeah, he but did. It's the, he did. <laughs> he did. The, he did the, why is that ignorant? He did the the guitar solo on uh, "Beat It." I want to say "Eat It," but it was "Beat It." <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, I guess he did it on "Eat It" too. Nah, that was Jim West, but uh, nah. um, or no, I'm sorry, that wasn't Jim West. That was um, that was uh, um, uh, what's the Craig Bermuda Shorts? That's the only no, one I remember. No, John Bermuda Shorts. No, it was um, whatever. Oh, my 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 memory is like there's something wrong with my brain. I think there's like... Rick Derringer. Rick Derringer played the solo on yeah. famous guitars, but uh, no, Eddie Van Halen, obviously in the famous rock and roll coochie coo yeah (laughs) rick derringer but uh eddie van halen from the band van halen with with his brother on drums alex van halen and they had a bunch bunch of hit in the 1980s was there was there a bigger band in the 1980s you had van halen you had bon jovi def leppard journey those were the right like am i forgetting anyone those were the hugest bands for a decade you had Jump, Panama, Hot for Teacher, Running with the Devil, um, uh, the the Roy Orbison song. They uh, what, what did they? Pretty Woman or they yeah, did they a go? Oh, you you really? Well, got I don't know me. if they did Pretty Woman. That may have just been Dave. You really got me. That that was Van Halen. Uh, yeah. Um, and then and then in the early 1990s, right now and. And some other ones, but but yeah, in, in the 1980s, was there a huger rock band? Like I said, you had Bon Jovi, Van Halen, Journey, Def Leppard. Well, you didn't you didn't get any bigger than that, did you? I think that the uh, I think bands like Boston and uh, Journey and I don't know maybe Sticks. Mm-hmm. Even Huey Lewis, of course. Yeah, that was the 1980s, yeah. And the news. I think some of those bands probably outsold Van Halen. But um, I just think, especially with, if you look up and down, you know, it's interesting. One of the biggest, you know, obviously, besides being, you know, a great band, the Beatles, um, they were the Beatles were uh, instrumental in you know their impact on up and coming you know young people at that time was enormous. I mean they they propelled like everybody into rock and roll music. You know they all everybody from like the seventies you know or whatever they'll say oh the Beatles we listened to Beatles or or before then we listened to Elvis right Elvis and then after that, you know, Chuck Berry like the, that that group yeah. of of and stars. eventually people are like, oh, you know, we heard the, the, the Beach Boys or whatever it was. Or we heard Led Zeppelin. 
But look, even you had even people like Ozzy Osbourne, who made music that sounded nothing like the Beatles, <laughs> said multiple times his his inspiration were the Beatles. Yeah. His greatest hero was Paul McCartney, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So for a lot of uh, the bands that we grew up with, in reality, in the in the '90s, particularly, a lot of those guys say, you know, the because when Eddie died, they basically were all it was like one after the other were like, man, you know, I, I picked up a guitar after I heard Eruption. I said, what the hell is this? Right. I yeah, have to Eddie, do this. This is <clears throat> Eddie Van Halen and and Van Halen the band were very very influential. Yeah, that was. Um, the I mean, look, he he <laughs> didn't he didn't invent Eddie Van Halen didn't invent hammering on technique on the guitar. No. I mean, that's something that's been around since classical music times or whatever. But to popularize it, and I mean, once once Van Halen, I mean, I'm I'm again, I'm not the expert, but it, and I'm generalizing, but once Van Halen, uh, you know, we're getting big. Look at how many bands in the nineteen. Every single band it was like was 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 doing some level of imitating with that style of guitar play and the and, and it was just like he influenced an entire decade of 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 rock bands. There's right, no, the whole band. I mean, you know, Roth obviously with his stage presence and right. his wardrobe and things like that was a right. huge influence. Because quite frankly, David Lee Roth is. Not exactly one of the greatest vocalists that's <laughs> well, ever come, come along. He, he has a style, or at least, by, I don't know about now, eh. but back then he had, uh, there was a charisma, there was a style to it that, that and, you know, it. And here's the funny part, as great as they were musically, and, no, listen, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Van Halen, I don't know that I'm a, I don't know that I'm a big fan of theirs, I don't know that I... I would be a big fan of theirs, but it's funny when I was uh, like in college and stuff, like in that age, when I could go to a concert, and I used to, some college friends, we'd go to different shows and stuff like that. Most of the time, not even like listening to the bands. <laughs> you know, the one I remember I wouldn't go to, I don't even know if I had the opportunity, but I was like, you know what? I don't want to go to... See Van Halen. This is in you know late nineties, and I remember is when they had they had picked up Gary Sharon. You know they had fired Sammy Hagar, and it had been a few years, and they picked up Gary Sharon, and I was just like, I can't, I can't witness this guy. Not that there's something wrong, Gary Sharon, but him as the front man of Van Halen just didn't make. Because I love Sammy, you know I like Dave too, but I had really liked like. When they came up with, like, for my age group, they came up with Right Now, and they did that Pepsi song, which was the Pepsi song. And I just was like, I can't bring myself to do it. And then, you know, they got rid of him, and then they kind of fell off the end of the earth for a they, while. They did, yeah. And then they started coming back and touring again, and... Around mid-2000s, mid like 2006-ish. That's when but they, I st- and it well what happened was they David brought back Sammy first. Oh, they did. No, they had Sammy first. They had they brought him back and they were used. They used played with him for a while, and I I don't know. I just never got to see them at that point. And then they fired him again, I believe. 
<laughs> and they wound up with they so they would they were so there was a, again the the big one of the biggest things that they'll be known for is this this decades long fight between Eddie and Alex Van Halen and David Lee Roth. That oh, went wait, on Eddie and, and, and Alex? And huh? Eddie and Alex that were fighting? The brothers? Fighting David Lee Roth. Oh, David. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. Yeah, well, the drama. Let me it was finish the, before you butt back in. It was the you'd drama. Hear. The drama often overshadowed everything else, which was silly. They, uh. No, I. I, I just. It, so basically, eventually. They they did this one tour where they were <laughs> they were going to alternate between Sammy and Dave. So like Sammy would come out and sing. No no actually Van Halen wasn't in that. That was <laughs> this was after Van Halen I think had fired uh, Michael Anthony and then there was this weird tour where it was Dave and Sammy fronting the same band but it wasn't Van Halen and they couldn't agree on who would close and who would open and then that fell apart ah egos largely because of roth egos right <laughs> david he's just an idiot and then he wound up doing that morning show when he tried to replace howard stern which was a disaster in new york on the radio yeah know, yeah and, and then that yes and then over the last few years they have been retouring again with with roth but it was like i would i listen to their concert like people's like videos, and I'm like, oh, this sounds horrible. I mean, the, the music was fine, but if Roth sounded bad, I just couldn't bring myself to pay to see them. Just even sometimes, it. even sometimes the music was like the guitar was out of tune, or they were. Man, right it was like what? I don't know. I don't know. It's just, just the phoned spark. it in. They yeah. were phoning it in. Yeah, and uh, and who knows? Maybe he was sick, but forcing himself to tour. I I I, I don't know. I don't know, but. Anyway, yeah, Eddie Van Halen. But, um, <laughs> well, anyway, Eddie Van Halen. So, uh, all right, we got one more. Born March 15th, 1933. Oh, wait, wait, wait. One, one last thing I wanted to say about Van Halen. So now you have Alex Van Halen, the drummer, David Lee Roth. Uh, his son, right, uh, Wolfgang Van Halen. It's like, what what could they ever do? Like, they're 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 not only is Eddie Van Halen dead, and and of course, therefore, his career is over. But like, one per the, like the key member of the band is can die, and now everyone else's career is over too. Because you're not who's gonna buy tickets to see David Lee Roth and an Eddie Van Halen impersonator, like guitar oh, you'd be surprised replacement. you know what i mean like <laughs> but i mean not to the i know I, I mean listen but you could say that about most bands rock and roll bands that so many people have died at this point that you know you're getting uh, i mean listen there's plenty of bands that they're touring where it's like there's one guy i mean like foreigner True. you know yeah. mick jones is the only guy that's still in it because it, it, in and he doesn't even do anything really. I mean, it's both. There's other guitarists. There's another singer. So he's just standing there, basically, amongst these these guys that are twenty years younger than him. I know, so but, that, but you're paying. To, but listen, but you're not paying be a concert to see, for another three years. You're paying. To, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. There might never be a concert again. Anyway, um, okay. Born March fifteenth, nineteen thirty three. 
died September 18th, 2020, 87 years old, pancreatic cancer, Judge Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Dead. Ruth Ginsburg, dead. Yeah. She did die, yes. She was uh, a big advocate for equality and rights and and yeah, uh, well. that that kind of thing and then now she's replaced with some nobody who's like well she's replaced with a very conservative woman and listen yes but there's know, a Bill difference Mar- between uh, correct me if maybe I'm wrong correct me if I'm wrong because I am not an expert but there's a difference between someone Who's been on? Uh, who's been a judge and in courts or whatever for decades and decades and has all this experience and body of work and and versus someone who's like, oh, you have two years of court experience. You're a Supreme Court justice now. Eh. That seems a little weird to me. Like uh, you go from I, I don't know. I, I, again, I'm not the expert. What did Bill Maher say? Tell me what Bill Maher said. Well, he was on Jimmy Kimmel and he said, you know, basically it was like, you know. Obama had her over for like lunch a few times and was like, you know, was 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 basically like giving the hint as well as he could like maybe you should retire. You know, and she just refused to do it to and who? to Ginsburg. You know, we talk about ego. I'm sorry, but that's ego. To to Ginsburg. You know, Yes. Are you not listening to what I'm saying? No, but you, you didn't specify you didn't specify Ginsburg or the new person. <laughs> No, I don't care about the new person. What did the new person have to do with Obama? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just maybe. saying that's what Bill Maher was t- was saying. You know, he was making a somewhat of a joke, but he was serious. He nah. basically said, "Look, nah. she she had the <laughs> she had the opportunity to retire right. uh, several years ago when Obama was still the president and could have appointed a successor. Yeah, and she chose not to. You know, despite having multiple health issues and being, you know. In her 80s, you know, she chose not to. She felt, listen, she felt that, you know, it was still work that she wanted to do. But but there's a a bigger discussion with, you know, the Supreme Court and whether or not they should reform it and change the structure of it and term limits and all this kind of stuff. That's secondary. But my feeling is um, she had health crises for many years she should have realized that, listen, if, if this legacy that she always talked about was that important, then you have to retire, step aside, have someone replace you, you know, that would have, you know, continued the legacy in that sense versus, well, I'll just stay on there until I die. I, it's, right, to yeah, me, I understand she enjoyed doing it. It was very important work for her, but at the same point, it's selfish. It's it's in her case, right. I, I felt it was selfish. There, there there could be a bigger strategy where it's like, okay, during this period of time, you retire, then we can bring right like a like a more strat more strategic approach instead yeah, well, of. Well, that's yeah, that's what the Republicans did. They had a strategy, so they they had their people retire when right. it was. When it was, you know, made sense. That's right. what they did. Yeah. Whereas the other idiots, uh, you know, didn't. So let me ask, <laughs> uh, what, why, like, 
I feel like a lot of people in life, they get to a certain age, right? They're, they're in their 60s and it's like, yay, I can retire now and enjoy my family, enjoy my life, go on, uh, I, I could travel and just enjoy things that I was working before and I couldn't do. But, but that seems like the more normal thing to me. But then for some reason in politics, it's like, Oh, the 97-year-old senator from whatever, the 78-year-old... Why are there so many decrepit, ancient people who just don't go away? Like, what is a 79-year-old person, an 84-year-old person... Don't they want to retire and enjoy their life and go... Just enjoy no. life? Why don't these politicians ever retire and enjoy life? Seriously, no, I'm asking a no, serious I mean question. Oh, politicians. Well, I mean, the politicians, they, they like they like the lifestyle. They like being pampered as you know, a politician and, and, you know. But they're not supposed they like to be they, pampered. They're supposed to be serving the public. That's their job. No, I know. But I'm just saying that that's, that's part of the reason that they stay around forever. I don't like you know, it. That they, they, they enjoy, well, they enjoy being in power. You know, why is Warren Buffett still the the head of his, you know, Berkshire Hathaway's group. You know, the guy is worth billions and billions and billions. No, he's not doing everything day to day, but I'm just saying he's right. still, because he feels like his experience and his know-how is still valuable, you know, and and that's what they all feel, I guess. I know, but, but, <laughs> but like most of, like people who retire, like I can't wait till I can retire when I'm in my 60s. They still have know-how and knowledge to share and valuable information. But it's like, I'm done with this garbage. I'm retiring. I'm enjoying my life now. Well, you Why do, don't... First of all, you do realize the two presidential candidates this year were both ancient. I know. That's what I'm saying is why don't, pe why don't people retire from politics? Retire. Enjoy your life. What, what sickness do these people have, this, this obsession that they're like, I can't retire. I have to be 90 years old, still, still uh, signing bills and, and passing uh, laws. Why? Just retire and just, ah, just retire. I don't know. Why can't they retire? Uh, all right, mo we're moving on. What is the way? What, so there's, right. you want to review a TV show. <sighs> yes. Which I've never heard of. <laughs> All right, so there was a show on Comedy Central <clears throat> from 2013 to 2017, 2017, called Nathan For You, it's starring this comedic writer guy, Nathan Fielder, okay. and, and he's Canadian, and he had a sh uh, segment on... Um, on like some local TV stuff called like Nathan on your side, I think it was called. And and like he goes to like help um, people or help businesses who are struggling or having problems. But but like in a comedic way. It was comic relief. Okay. So one thing led to another. Now he has this show on Comedy Central, but he couldn't use the, the Nathan on your side name evidently. So it's called Nathan for you. And it's, um, 
He's, uh, at, at least on, the, I don't know what he's like in real life, but on this show, he plays himself. It's supposed to be like um, like a like a documentary style, each episode, yeah. but he plays himself, and he's this very, like, um, nerdy, awkward, socially awkward guy. It's, like, v- very funny. Um, <laughs> and uh, And he goes to these... And he goes to these businesses that are struggling and um, and just makes up the most absurd way to help them uh, <laughs> to help them uh, drum up their business. <laughs> like so get like, rich quick. So yeah, well, so so like one example is. Um, like this little uh, this souvenir shop in Los Angeles was struggling. It's like, hey, I, hey, Nathan, I my you know I, I need more customers, or else I'm going to go out of business or whatever. So a normal person would be like, well, to try uh, putting up a billboard or ad or taking out ads online or on the websites or whatever, but but that wouldn't be funny so he's like oh let me think okay what i, I have the perfect solution to to get um, but he's saying it like i have the perfect solution for you what if what if we pretend that we're shooting a movie outside of your store because you're in hollywood and that's going to attract a big crowd of people and while the people are there f- watching what they think is a hollywood movie being filmed Hope some of them will stop into your store and buy stuff. <laughs> mm. So, uh, oh, and and here's how we guarantee that they come into your store and buy stuff. We'll make them extras in the movie, and as part of their role as the extra, they have to go in your store and buy something with their own money. <laughs> okay. okay. So then... So then it's like so okay. It's got this guy's gonna be making a lot of pointless movies. And then, uh, well, so the funny part, one of the funny parts of the show is that the person who's running the business goes along with these idiotic, absurd ideas. He's like, okay, sure, we'll try it. And uh, so anyway, one thing leads to another and lawyers call him up and like, you can't pretend to be film. If you tell them they're, they're an extra in a movie, they actually have to be in a movie. So now he has to really film movies and release <laughs> it to film festivals. And it's the worst movies anyone's ever seen. And it's like, so anyway, it's just this very dry, awkward, but very funny and absurd TV show and uh, it's on Hulu. We watched the whole series, like f- four seasons, and and um, anyway, it was it was just very silly and very funny, and I and I recommend it, Nathan, for you. The end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, so like another well, one. I'll, I'll tell you one other one other episode. Uh, it was. Um, I'm not gonna watch it. Well, uh, whatever. So, uh, you should. It's funny. Just watch an episode of it. But anyway, oh, it, it was like a zoo was struggling in California. And and Nathan came and was like, okay, well, we'll, we'll help you um, drum up your business to this zoo. So, how do people, like, what, what do people like? People like animal videos on YouTube. 
what kind of animal video, you know, sometimes an animal video goes viral. So to get attention for your zoo, we have to make a viral animal video. So they put, they put this animal in the pond and pretended it was drowning and got this pig and tried to make the pig look like it was saving the animal. And that this video would go viral, like, pig saves drowning, uh... Uh, goat. It was a goat. A pig saves drowning goat, and like at yeah, right. at 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 so and so zoo, and like it's gonna make people want to come and see the famous pig or whatever. So while they're trying to to film this fake viral video, the pig doesn't want to go in the water. Animal rights people are like, what if the animals drown or whatever? So they had to like build platforms on under the surface of the ponds so that the pig could walk on it and not drown. And anyway, it was just the whole thing was just so idiotic. <laughs> but you just have to. I'm not explaining it right. You just have to watch it. It's funny. But anyway, that's all. This is what I've been doing dur during during this this pandemic. Is like what else? I, I'm not leaving the house. I'm watching Nathan for you and and Superstar. <laughs> oh, by, oh, by the way, so remember a couple episodes ago, I recommended the sitcom Superstore with America yeah, Ferrara. Which, I'm, and, I'm never gonna watch that. Um, and then I said they they it's not canceled, but they they couldn't film the sixth season, so it's like in this limbo period. So uh, on Halloween this year, they debuted um, uh, episode one of season six. It's back now. It's on Hulu, and it and it was very very. It you don't. I say this to you, and I say this to what if we have any listeners out there. Don't worry about watching any other seasons. Like yes, watch. They're funny. Blah 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 blah. But if you don't watch the previous seasons, don't worry about it. Watch season six, episode one of of Superstore because it is simultaneously hilarious. This particular episode simultaneously hilarious and also very. I want to use the word sad because it is. This is what I. This is what I said, as I'm watching this. I said. Five years from now, ten years from now, twenty years from now, if anyone wants to know what it was like in 2020 when we tell stories to people of like, oh yeah, the pandemic of 2020, watch season six, episode one of Superstore. That encapsulates it perfectly. Trust me, it's funny and 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 kind of like tear jerking at the same time because it's it's painful. But also very funny. Oh well. All right. The end. On that note. <laughs> <laughs>